saw your levels. We should be good. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Loose Cannon. Uh, today is October 24th. We are in the second week, going into the final week, right? Or is there is it four weeks of Festival of the Lost? Is it three weeks or four weeks? So this Tuesday is the final week, right? Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, because then it goes until November 1st. Yeah. Yeah. All Saints... Uh, all Saints Day month, right? <laughs> November coming fire. <laughs> uh so this week we are we 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 might have if you if you haven't followed us on Twitter, we you might you might not have uh seen that we decided instead of just sharing like scary entries that we like, uh instead we are going to read the new lore book, which is um is it Tales of the Forgotten? Because it's got like the, there's like two different things. The lore book is called one, and then the book itself next to Eva is called a second, a separate thing, even though they are the same. Yeah. So, tell, Tales of the Tales of the Forgotten is what I thought it was. Well, that's concerning. <laughs> uh Sorry, I, I just noticed something. It's just in the, in our Google Doc, we actually have two people viewing it, but it should only be you. Uh oh. Are you Wolf or Hyena? <clears throat> what? Anonymous Wolf or Anonymous Hyena? Are you Anonymous Camel? There's a camel. I should be me. To you? And then yeah, because I I have my own like Anonymous Camel. Either way, uh, hopefully that's not actually concerning, and hopefully it's just a weird <laughs> Google Doc thing. Uh, uh, <laughs> reload it, maybe, maybe. <coughs> we have ghosts in our Google Doc. Okay, yeah, it's the headless just, ones. Someone just left and came back, and now there's a camel and a bat. I just hit refresh. Yeah. No, so did I. I. Okay, so then we must be camel and bat. You were hyena, and I was. That's confusing. I... I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't like it either way. I don't know why it has to be haunted. Um, that really threw me off. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. how have you been liking Festival of the Lost? Really quick before we get into it. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. I really like the 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 activity, the haunted sectors. I think that's a great way to reuse lost sectors, and I kind of hope they do more things like that. Like, there's so so much of the game that is just untapped, and uh, <laughs> untapped, and I would love to see it more uh, focused like that. I think they could. I think they could probably expand on it. Um, maybe they were testing the waters a little bit. Yeah, like I'm just—I'm trying to think of the actual names of the locations, but you know, like Europa is a great example where you have that whole north section that was uh, Reese Reborn, right? And you go there for a number of quests, and it's—it's it's always fun to have to go back there because it's like, oh, I haven't been here in so long and stuff. But like, this would be a great reason for us to go back like 
give us an activity in these spaces like haunted sectors, you know? But if we if we did more haunted sectors, they could just keep they just how many lost sectors are there? There's probably like Yeah. Tons. Are you are you cutting out or are you just pausing? No, I think it I think my mic was having trouble. I think I just got it fixed. Oh, okay. Yeah, because there is like some normally <laughs> there's more more chatter. It was like, oh, uh, he's, yeah, he's I'm fiddling. With, I'm fiddling with my mic. Okay. <clears throat> it's a little bit wonky today. I plugged it in and then it did this weird update, and then mm-hmm. for some reason it wouldn't it wouldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> every 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 episode, you know, I have to I have to uh, check off the input boxes and. Uh, make sure that everything is correct because it's like discord and obs they like to to reset to default which makes it so no one's hearing you no one's hearing me i'm not hearing you in discord you know things like that yeah well and then on top of that you know so you got to deal with more but on top of that it's like every time i open one of them they got an update Mm. not as well and then Windows had an update, and then everything gets screwed up because of that. Yeah, I don't, well, I don't get it. In any case, though, uh, so <laughs> for for the the haunted sectors, we got three lost sectors, and uh, what's really cool about the three lost sectors is that they actually kind of tie in thematically with the lore book that we get. Where um, so the the whole lore book just follows Glint going around talking to people trying to figure out more about the headless ones and you know he has some people say it's from europe they saw them on europa another person says they saw them on the moon another person says they saw them on nessus and those are why we go to these three uh, locations and specifically these three lost sectors because of what the lost sector uh was like where it's located or or the people who went there had an had an interaction where they effectively lose their heads in every one of these cases. They went into this location that is now a lost sector, but wasn't then, and right. have this connecting line through them all. Yeah. So that it, it's it before we get like into the meat of it. Just you know, on the face of it, you know, when you're collecting your papers and you're turning in and you realize <clears throat> there's Europa, Luna and Nessus. You can't help but wonder immediately, like what do these three planets have to do with the story arc and narrative mm-hmm. going forward right now? Like maybe there's some sort of connection. So before you even dive into the lore, you're already kind of thinking, well, these have, these planets have some sort of significance story-wise going, going into you know, Sabathun and Witch Queen and all that. Because mm-hmm. uh, if you think about like Glint hearing about these, um, I don't know what to call them, uh, urban myths, folklore. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's so weird. This game is so weird sometimes because things like this happen where you've got many layers of lore where, you know, like Drifter having a conversation at a bar and then somebody else listening to that conversation at that bar are two totally different perspectives of the same story. Mm-hmm. 
And this is one of those things where it's not two different perspectives of one story. It's like a whole nother folklore that's in game that all the characters are, are, you know, know about or kind of heard about. It's like, Oh, did you hear about this? You know, headless one. (laughs) And then Glint is like, I heard these stories. I'm going to go find out what it means or what it's about. Yeah. And just try to piece together the mystery. Yeah, the mystery. Yeah, it's like ghost hunting. You know, it's it's almost like it's for fun. And Ikora even kind of in, in the dialogue, the banter, and the mm-hmm. you know, she's kind of like, "Oh yeah, go have fun." <laughs> yeah, she she encourages it. There, I I, yeah. I know the I know the line you're talking about when you're in the when you're in the law sector. Ikora can can chime in and be like, "Oh, what's your status?" And Glint's like, "We're hunting headless ones," and she's like, "Okay, <laughs> have yeah, fun." <laughs> Almost, almost like a, a, it's almost like what a parent would do to a kid outside, you know, playing swords with his friends. And he, what are you doing out there? Oh, we're knights and we're storming the castle. Okay, have fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's almost like that. It almost yeah. feels like that. Uh, Glint, as a character, you know, we know in the game, uh, pulled pork um, was made fun of a lot and has this kind of like this naivete. Um, character persona almost is what it, it it's almost what it feels like and some of the other ghosts mockingly talk you know down to him uh and he and he is like oblivious to it he just thinks yeah. oh this is normal and um and so like people have this like loving relationship with glint almost as if oh he's the fun loving you know huggable ghost you know yeah. and it makes sense because he's almost like the outcast who I mean, look who is his risen is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's a perfect fit, right? Yeah. And so, you know, um, Crow ha- got upset. And so now there's like a little bit of a separation between the two of them because Crow's kind of dealing with all the information that he had. And so Glint's like, well, I might as well have some fun while you're dealing with that, I guess is what's going on. <laughs> hmm. Or that's what it felt like, almost. The way they set up the story, it almost felt like Crow's got some stuff to deal with. And while he's dealing with that, Glint's going to go have some fun looking for haunted, headless, haunted people. All right. Well, so we have a lore card this week. Yep. Do you want to get into that? Sure. Okay. So I turn off the left screen. Okay, so... Um, this actually was two weeks ago, but I thought it was uh, really interesting that they would put this emblem in game. Um, I, I might be reading way more into it than. Wait, I thought it was really... a strange brew. The emote. I'm sorry, emote. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I said emblem, didn't I? Yeah. So the strange brew emote is one of the the new emotes that we got, mm-hmm. and it's basically uh, a big cauldron, and you've got like a broomstick in your stirring it up and so it's a pretty cool emote um and then like bubbles explode and fireworks come out of it you know and it's called strange brew which is funny for other reasons but the flavor text which was really uh striking stood out to me so it's called or it says um if you read it it says was it blind worm's tongue and adder's sting or the other way around 
And so I was like, wait, I've heard that before. What does that mean? And so basically that's a line you hear witches say all the time. So whenever you hear about witches in movies or in books, it's like almost like they're summoning <laughs> something in their They're stirring up their cauldron of, of witch brew. You know, the, the, it's like the stereotypical witch thing, right? Yeah. They're all hovered over a cauldron. They're stirring up and throwing in ingredients. And you don't ever know what the heck they're for. But apparently if you mix them just right, then you can summon whatever you're trying to do for whatever reason. And um, so anyway, I, I knew that line and I couldn't tell why. So I looked it up and I found out that this is from Macbeth. And so this put me down a rabbit hole. But the flavor text is the line uttered by three witches of fate in, in Macbeth uh, by Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. Um, so the three witches discuss their ingredients as they stir their boiling cauldron and trick Mid- Macbeth early in the play by correctly predicting his ascent to kingship. Um, the three witches hail Macbeth early in the play and predict his ascent to kingship upon killing the king and gaining the throne of Scotland, Macbeth hears them ambiguously predict his eventual downfall. Also, um, the witches and their filthy trappings and supernatural activities set an ominous tone for the play. But at the beginning of the play, this is what happens. So if you're not familiar with Macbeth at the very, very beginning of the play, it's basically Macbeth overhearing uh, three witches and, Mm-hmm. It, it just sets the tone for the for the entire thing. Um, so this quote is one of the most familiar phrases associated with traditional witchcraft, and its origins are rooted within. So the recipe for spellcasting, curse-inducing witchery, uh, was thought of making them possess being possessed with evil pass- powers. Um, however, the witches in Macbeth did not actually possess Macbeth. But instead, they tricked him into acting in a certain ways. Eh? Tricked, right? Sabbathoon, <laughs> trickery. Um, the witches of fate correctly predicted he would be king and produced ghosts who made him falsely believe that he will not be killed by anyone. So along the, the story, uh, the witches produce these ghosts that Macbeth sees and interacts with, and they make him feel like he's... Uh, um, Invincible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, according to Shakespeare, these ghosts have been called into our world by the use of the adder's fork and blind worm's sting, lizard leg and owlet's wing. <laughs> so that's the line that's uttered. Okay. Uh, but so the in, so this is what my mind does. So the interconnectedness of it all, I couldn't help but think that this silly. Uh, emote in game is almost kind of telling us something because I went back in my mind about Macbeth's story in the play and what happened in there. And we're all familiar with Lady Macbeth. We're all familiar with her uh, story arc. And it almost feels like Macbeth gets washed out in the story because we all remember Lady Macbeth felt guilty for, for, for uh, basically a murder that, um, happen and then she kind of feels all kinds of ways about certain things mm-hmm. um I, I gotta go for a second hold on all right okay
So, um, I guess we will get into the, uh, the, the book then, in that case, uh, while he's away. Um, so as I, as I said earlier, uh, this lore book, it follows Glint throughout and we have three sections of it, uh, Europa, Luna, and Nessus. Each section has nine entries each of the nine entries don't follow a single path. They actually follow two or three paths, depending on how you look at them. Um, so in the first book I, I wrote, uh, throughout the Europa section of this book, we get slices of various stories that will all lead to their own conclusions. One story is about Glint reviewing hidden reports about an agent seeing a headless one on Europa. Another follows the scans of audio logs from dead exos that traveled from Mars to Europa to find out about the machine tower they see in their dreams. And so it shouldn't be uh, too elaborate. It should be pretty common knowledge now, you know, Awoken for the longest time, we've had this concept that they, they dream about this tower and they, some of them walk easily to the tower. Others have to fight their way through the people they know to reach the tower. Uh, Specifically what that tower is. Uh, we don't really know, but it, with Beyond Light and Clovis's uh, logs and information, we learned even he doesn't really know why that happens. It's just something that Awoken, or not Awoken, Exo's experience. Sorry about that. I'm back. Okay. <laughs> uh, did you want to finish your, your strange brew? Yeah. Dude, my dog was choking on something. Is he okay? Yeah, he's fine. All right. So naturally, I had to hurry up and try to figure out if he was, you know, okay or not. He was fine. He's, <laughs> yeah, of course. So then we'll go back to Strange Brew, and then we'll go back from Strange Brew. We'll go back to the the lore book since I didn't actually get too started in that. Okay, cool. Where was I? Oh, I was talking about yeah, Macbeth. So I don't mm-hmm. want to like go through the whole play, but basically, uh, Lady Macbeth has this false guilt. Uh, about herself because she sees something happen. And so she thinks the whole entire play, she thinks that like she basically is anxiety driven and worried about something that kind of didn't happen the entire time. But Macbeth, um, the king, you know, he is basically playing into the witch's hands. And so the witches end up being uh, these characters of trickery so at the at the beginning you think oh they predicted that he was going to be king and so these witches know something like right they know that all they can see the future mm-hmm. and so they actually couldn't they just accurately guessed that he would be king and so then Macbeth believed that they had these powers and so he keeps going back to the witches and he keeps listening overhearing them and every time he overhears them they say something that basically makes him act in certain ways and it's almost like us, like we're being fed this story, right? And it's mm-hmm. making our characters act in certain ways. And it made me kind of feel like um, Sabathun's trickery, right? How yeah. does she work? What does she make you do? She she makes you believe that she has more power than she actually does. And that ends up being her power mm-hmm. because she gets her power from trickery. So in order for her to have power, she's got to in some way trick you into believing certain things. Um, the other thing that stands out is that, you know, there's three witches, which kind of mm-hmm. made me think of the three Queens and the three fates and all of that stuff that kind of goes together 
in Destiny. And so Destiny loves to play with Shakespeare. There's tons of references to Shakespeare in the lore. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's, you know, coincidental. I think that's the writer's purpose. Use that. Uh, I think the writers use a lot of the story arcs from, 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 from Shakespeare mm-hmm. for, for a lot of things that happen. And so anyway, that led me down a rabbit hole that made me kind of think about things all because of one silly emote called strange brew, which I mean, straight. Yeah. I, I think, I think it makes sense that like there's someone who, who liked the idea of having the strange brew emote kind of be like, Oh yeah. Cause we are just playing into Sabathun's hands. Yeah, absolutely. And so what a convenient way to put something that's Halloween themed in the game but also have a line uttered or a, a flavor text just sitting there like, <laughs> we, we've been playing with you all along. And this yeah. has happened a lot in Destiny. Um, one, of the, one of the things about dealing with items in Destiny and doing definitions is a lot of times I see items in the game that have flavor text or, you know, whatever, um, in definitions and I'm like, wait a minute, is this going to be something later on? And then later on it actually is. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, this is probably one of them. All right. Well then, uh, so I didn't actually get into it. I was just kind of talking about the book. Okay. But, um, so let's, let's get into it. So the book, you can buy it in any order, but it, it really just makes the most sense to buy it in order. Because it doesn't really even follow order on its own. Yeah, that's what I did just to keep it like clean. Yeah, I've only got half of them. I I need to focus on getting them this week. I really do. I I started getting a decent amount. I think I finished off Europa and I started getting Luna, and then I just like gave up. And then they they nerfed everything on how to get them, and I was like, well, that's yeah. summer and. They made it harder. Yeah, it, it's a it's a freaking holiday event. It doesn't need to be harder. Exactly. Like, I get I get the the I guess uh, Wrathborn hunts. There was like a way to cheese the lure, so you're always having the lure charged, and it's this quick two minutes in and out. I get <laughs> I didn't that. Know that. I yeah. didn't know that. <laughs> I get fixing that, but they're also like, oh, expunge only takes you five minutes to run because we made an activity that we wanted you to speed run. You can't be getting pages out of that. That's too frequent. That's kind of just like, but why? Like, who but cares? Why? Yeah, exactly. If you can do something, just do it. Yeah, Let them do it. It, it still Let takes do it. skill to do it. You still have to like have your proper loadout and and you know, like I, I was having fun like perfecting that run of like, okay, I throw the grenade at this guy and I run past all these ones and I kill these two and I turn around and I, I shoot these box to drop the gate and like all within. Yeah you know, four yeah. minutes. Five well, it minutes. seems like they got what they wanted because now that seems the quickest way is through astral um, activity it's, uh, from public events and the EDZ. Oh, <laughs> exactly. And, and it's like they, I guess they, they consciously made the decision to leave public events untouched. And it's like, Oh yeah, that's what it always becomes though. Like we finally had an activity expunge a new activity that people wow. could be like, Oh, well, this is really cool to do expunge. And it's like, no, I've been ignoring it. it. So that's probably a big reason why I've only got half the books. I just play what I want to play. I seem to be getting them okay at a a normal pace, but Mm -hmm. at the rate I'm going, unless I play every single day and maybe play a little bit more, 
Yeah. I'm not going to have all the pages. You're not so going to they need to do something. You're not going to get all the masks and it's a bummer to like have yeah. to miss out on things. Yeah. Consistently before I've I've played the way I've played and then just from casually playing every season it seems like I get whatever I need to get right around the end mm-hmm. without even having to like hurry up. Yeah. If I just consistently play all the time. But maybe not this time. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not a fan of that personally, but whatever, I'm going to, I'm going to try to get it done this week because I haven't really missed. I mean, I, I've passed on a few, uh, holiday events, but most holiday events, I like get everything done and that's like a thing that I look forward to. But so this one kind of rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. But either way, we did get a pretty interesting book. Yeah. The activity is great. Yeah, it's much better than all the other ones. Yeah. But we okay. also got a lore book, and it's probably the biggest lore book we've ever gotten, but it it has yeah. like a lot of like tiny entries, you know, where <laughs> they could have consolidated this probably into like a nine, ten page lore lore book if they just instead of jumping back and forth and storylines they just released a single storyline and a single entry but it would be like a big a really big entry yeah and so for example the first entry kind of kicks it all off it's it's europa one and glint goes to i i guess ikora okayed it but glint goes to an administrator of the hidden and receives a bunch of classified documents about that include enough to determine things about the headless ones. And so just to kind of like jump ahead a bit, the classified documents include a hidden agent who outright claims to have seen a a headless one and also other hidden agents who were, uh, who had had their heads removed. And I believe the K one crew uh, logs yeah. also came yeah. from hidden intelligence, but it wasn't hidden yeah. agents. So, have we ever figured out who the hell the hidden are? <laughs> the hidden are Icor. Well, Icora controls them, but they're just like this like secret group of spies. Eris Morn uh-huh. uh, used to be a hidden, and it used to be believed that the hidden were exclusively guardians. I believe. But um, this entry. But didn't we find out like there was a ghost that was a hidden or something? Yeah, yeah. Go uh, an individual ghost can be a hidden, but so yeah. can a human, just like a regular ordinary. Human. Okay, okay. So that's something. And oh, uh, man. yeah. So she's she's got this like this network of like spies keeping tabs on enemies and stuff like that. This is crazy to think that they're they're actually sending humans out on these missions, and we'll get to one of them in this lore book. But yeah, and so you have your your hidden network entry, and then it it throws that away because now we're talking about some exos, and so yeah. Europa Two is about uh it's it's exos sharing their experience dream about the tower that i was talking about they saw it the machine tower buried in ice and yeah. so glint is like scanning these exos at each each entry like this is followed or is, is is started by saying the following audio imprint was received by glint the ghost during scans of an exo production facility on europa its origins remain a mystery and so that 
that facility is the Europa Law Sector that we go to. I forget the exact name of it. And that's why we go to that one. It's a direct tie. Right. And so basically, go on. So that adds a little bit of flavor to uh, the storyline in um, the, the, what do you call it? The, um, dang it, not the Dark Tower. What is it called? (laughs) The, the the tower the, yeah general? the tower yeah yeah the tower they call it the machine tower in here yeah the machine tower but then there's like a little bit of flavor for uh the exos and how yeah, the exo tower yeah the machine well the then machine tower before in d1 we didn't know what any of that was and the whole yeah. vision of approaching a tower and seeing your family and all that uh-huh. stuff we've learned later learned that that has to do with how your mind is taking over its new mechanical body and so mm-hmm. it has to be fed these memories in a certain way to keep you from rejecting your new body yeah and so if you don't know that it doesn't matter you're just going to read this and kind of go oh well this happened but if you knew a little bit more about it like we do as lore nuts um it kind of gives a little bit more flavor to that because that was like ominous text back in the day we didn't know why we were, you know, having these visions of a tower nobody could find and mm-hmm. all that stuff. So, just that. Yeah. And then we go on uh, to Europa 3, where Glint is talking to the Cryptarch uh, Matsuo, who is trying to convince Glint that the Headless Ones don't actually exist, despite many cultures of pre-Golden Age Earth actually having stories about headless beings and uh-huh. it's you know so this is kind of just like that that third tangent that doesn't really go exactly anywhere. yeah and it's not directly connected to anything it's just glint doing his research on uh-huh. on folklore and yeah it sounds like sounds like me in yeah. my madness it's almost like it's almost like for people like me here's a way for us to kind of know we to say we know you exist and we're going to kind of poke fun at you Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so those are those are kind of like three different paths that are being taken here and then europa 4 brings you back to the first one which is the hidden report uh from a hidden agent who has been redacted and uh it's a i think it's a guardian but maybe it's not a guardian now that uh actually we i i thought it was a guardian maybe it's not since we know that hidden aren't necessarily guardians Basically, they're on Europa, and they had a, uh, a sighting. Uh, this, and they say, this time I managed to get a good look at the creature with my rangefinder. The body was unmistakably that of a hive knight, while the helmet or head in parentheses appeared to be that of a pumpkin. The pumpkin appeared to have a face carved into it, three eyes, and a big smiling mouth with <laughs> flames shooting out, bright purple flames. And, uh, so he, he, he submitted himself for a full psychological battery. And, uh, <laughs> after that, cause even he was just kind of like, that's crazy. There's no way. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like, I'm not going to believe what I'm even thinking. Yeah. <laughs> so we have, 
we have the hidden agent and then we go back to the exos and uh it's another it's another audio imprint recovered by glint during scans of the exo facility and so the the audio basically talks about how the exos started out on mars and they made their way to europa because that's what they felt right and they say the visions became more intense the closer we got. Mortimus three thinks it's a warning from the war mind or an assignment, a secret mission, something only we could achieve. And so they they think that there's a physical tower on Europa. Yeah. And there won't be because there never was one. It was right. just something. It was always the whatever in the mind. Yeah. Isn't that wild though? Like Does so it, it, it? kind. Of, yeah, so like, <laughs> like story-wise, we all know about certain things in the lore, and uh-huh. all of our guardians and all the characters, NBCs, all of these guys have shared knowledge about a lot of these things, and it's really hard for a lot of them to know, like, what does that specifically mean? Well, to some characters, it means this, and to other characters, it means this, but mm-hmm. what it actually means as we go on and learn is, you know, DER or ExoMind, all that stuff. So it's like degenerative ExoMind rejection. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, um, I don't know. It just seems funny that like everybody's aware of these things. And then Mm -hmm. until, until we discover the new piece of, so it's almost like the whole, it's cool because this little thing kind of shows you how the world is evolving with the knowledge that we've gained over the years playing and and defeating enemies and blah blah blah. Yeah. I thought it was funny though that they bring up the whole headless horseman and glint trying to find out research over it and and then and then it almost like a little bit comes back to me in my mind when he's talking about a knight specifically having the head of a of a pumpkin cuz that's that's from uh, the the legend of um, Sleepy Hollow or whatever that was book called. Mm-hmm. Do you remember? And then he, so like there was a knight, the green knight that lost his head and then became like the, the headless horseman of the whole yeah. entire story. Yeah. So I just thought that was funny. Yeah, I mean, uh, like like the, like you said in the third entry, uh, there's a lot of a lot of folklore that has headless activities happen and he he thinks that that's drawing a conclusion that the headless ones are real yeah despite being hive bodied you know he's like humans can somehow become hive yeah um and that that kind of brings us to to entry six which is another one of just like glint talking about folklore this time with saint 14 and uh geppetto and Saint Fourteen is just not having it because he's like, "How would they chop off their own heads?" And like, Glint's just like, "I don't know, maybe a, a guillotine." And Saint Fourteen's just like, "No, like that's not." They're they're like really yeah. trying to talk Glint out of pursuing this further because they just yeah. think it's so like ridiculous. Oh my God! Hold on a second. Pause. I'm sorry. I have to do this. You said, "I I just it just now dawned on me." Um. Saint Fourteen's ghost is named Geppetto. Yeah. Okay, so that's the Pinocchio thing, right? Uh, Geppetto was Pinocchio's father. Yeah. Uh huh. And so Pinocchio wanted to become a real boy. Okay. And so Saint Fourteen is an exo. Uh 
Yeah. So Saint fourteen is an EXO. Pinocchio originally was a wooden um, puppet. Okay. And then he became a real boy <laughs> through all of his good acts. Uh huh. But it's almost like Geppetto and Pinocchio. Geppetto and Saint fourteen. It's almost like because Ghost r- resurrected Saint fourteen. <laughs> I, just, I, I, I see what you're trying to say here. I just don't agree with it. Okay. Well, I just think it's funny. I don't think it's like necessarily meaning the story's going to evolve that way, but it just now Saint, dawned on me. Saint 14 is going to become a human again. I don't know about that. I'm just saying like, he's a puppet. <laughs> Saint 14's friends are going to become donkeys. Oh my goodness. And then, and then yes. go, go be in the Shrek movie. I don't think any of the story. I just think it's there. It's funny because like, you know, oh my god! What was the song? I once had strings to hold me down. I don't <laughs> anyway, know the song. Let's, let's not. Let's not. Okay. Get right. taken down by so, Disney. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Saint fourteen. Uh, he says uh, people will say many things. You should hear what the elixir say about me. He looked at the floor and scuffed his feet. Not everything you hear is true. Um, and you know, so he's just like very discouraging about it being real. Yeah. And then we get into Europa seven, which is another hidden report. And basically the hidden agent who claimed to have seen a headless one has been, uh, removed. He's being pulled from duty. He's being extracted from, uh, Europa and he's being advised just to play it off as exhaustion or an optical illusion. And uh, yeah, just to pretend that you was did weird. not see what you said you saw. Yeah. Hmm. And so, like I said, these these read quick. So I'm sorry if it, if it seems like we're going through these really fast. It's just like they are just like a paragraph, and there's yeah, not much literally. to take apart take apart from them. But then we get the conclusion of the EXO uh, entry, which. This one's actually like they really like to like have body horror in Destiny lore now. I don't know who's writing these entries, <laughs> but they're really loving loving it. So, um I'm just going to read this this entry. Well, what's um, a Halloween? What's a Halloween thing without at least a little bit of gore, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess, but <laughs> it's like they keep going back to this. Yeah. But, uh, so okay. Mortimus three looked so content lying on the conveyor belt. He was getting the best sleep of his life. I envied him. Once the conveyor belt started, the maker's spindly pneumatic arms came to life. They descended on Mortimus, darting in and out of his joints, dismantling him piece by piece. It started with his hands and feet and worked its way inward, unmaking him from a hole into a million tiny components. There was a moment after all his limbs and torso had been stripped away and he was just a head with a long jumble of neural connectors streaming uh, out of his neck like robotic uh, jellyfish. When his eyes opened, he looked at me, mouth gaping, like he was trying to tell me something, and then his eyes went dark. It's my turn next. Oh, man. So that's that's a direct tie-in to the, um, the lore we got about Clovis Bray being... Above the life support collar on my neck, I was completely yeah. intact. Below that meridian, I had a separated, been separated into distinct braids of tangled flesh. My nerves made 
up one braid in my circuitry system, another in my lymph nodes, my muscle, my naked bones, the glistening holes in my extracurricular matrix abandoned on the table, like leftover turkey after Thanksgiving. I mean, that's just like my head was the source of a gory river delta. Yeah. So that's that's like more exos were just just destroyed and pulled from their Yeah. Ugh. Except when it happened to Clovis, he was still a human. At least yeah. now it's a robot, but it's still like disturbing to think about being like pulled apart like Oh yeah. no. That's that's yeah. messed up. Yeah. Gross. And um Yeah, and then you know, whoever this other exo was it was their turn next. They saw it happen and they were all for it. I wonder if Guy wrote that. Or Desmond. <laughs> Do you want to ask him? Does, it, does this seem his style? No, not really, but he did have a lot to do with the Europa stuff. On well, Twitter. I thought he was more of a lead. Like, he doesn't actually write entries anymore. I thought he was yeah. like, uh. No, yeah, you're right. You're right. Well, maybe he had, maybe he was like, here, y'all got to do something with it. I don't know. <laughs> it was like, if there's not at least one disturbing entry. Because <laughs> I know John, like, John, that Nightmare sounds like something John it. would do. That sounds like something John would write, but. Yeah. I don't know. He, yeah. I know he didn't write that specific stuff in Europa, so it made me. Think. That was Seth, wasn't it? The uh, the book. The, well, uh, Seth did Seth did the Achilles, and then uh, Desmania and Guy wrote a big chunk of all that stuff. Hmm. I mean the uh, the Clovis Braylog, just because of how how similar the the Exo and Clovis uh, experiences were. Yeah, I'd imagine yeah. they were written by the same person. Somebody. It wasn't John. I know that yeah. for a fact, but somebody over there. And then uh, to finish off the, the Europa section, Glint actually meets with the uh, hidden agent and the hidden agent is not accepting that it was a hallucination or that he was exhausted. I saw what I saw, damn it. He shouts <laughs> saying it was a headless one. But despite being a headless one, it had a big smiling pumpkin for a head with three eyes and purple flame shooting out of it. Yeah. I and have so, that mask. Like, hmm? <laughs> I'm just saying the mask we have in, in, uh, yeah. in the... Yeah. Like, we actually have that mask. Is that mask not understood? Like, there are jackalites all over the tower. We've had it for years. Right. Why is it not, like, more... It's... It's not canon, you know, and that's that's something that like <laughs> festivals and things like they drive me nuts because yeah. like I, I get into arguments with people. They're like, obviously, it's canon. It's right here. And I'm like, but it might not be. Right. It might just be for the fun of, of us playing the game and because it, it's so unimportant. And now we're seeing it. And it's like, so it was never canon because it's kind of I, I was going to. It's been long enough. You should have seen Midnight Mass. It's kind of like the people in Midnight Mass not knowing what a goddamn vampire is. And it's uh, like vampires don't exist in their world. So, you know, it's it's right. it's okay right. that they that well, they're like Well, okay. So back up, but you know, in D1, we learned that history and everything that happened before the collapse, question mark cuz I don't know the timeline very well mm-hmm. about that, but um, had been argued about because cryptarchs that were finding information about what happened historically and they were using to make archives 
um, a lot of the stuff that many cryptarchs were finding were fragments of prehistory mm-hmm. that didn't exactly add up correctly. And some of yeah. the stuff seemed like it was being writ- rewritten. Yeah. So even the information that they found may have been corrupt about what happened before they, they exist today. So a lot of the stuff like they don't know about, like, you know, it makes sense why they don't know what a pineapple is or yeah. it makes sense like certain things, you know? Yeah. And I'm on board with that. And I'm not talking about jack-o'-lanterns. I'm talking about jack-o'-lights, which were a thing all the way since back in, I think the Taken King was the first time we, we got a jack-o'-light. Jack-o'-light, yeah. And so this whole time, they were being made by Eva, and they were all around and all this and all that, but they were never real. They were never actually a canon concept in in Destiny, and I, I get what you're saying with the Cryptarchs because we actually uh, we actually just passed over this one line from Europa Three where the Cryptarch says, for instance, he continued, the Yetis of of Himalayan folklore and the lumbering jacks of North American legend. Yeah, speaking yeah. about Bigfoot, calling him yeah. a lumbering jack. Lumbering jack, yeah. So it's funny because like there's like a there's like a duality or like a joke in that because of you know like a lumberjack right oh and then, I'm sorry yeah. and I actually didn't notice this the first time I read it or the centaur of Greek mythology and the sheepdog of northern Europe northern Europe yeah <laughs> uh, and they want you to look up uh, all kinds of uh, cryptids you know to yeah. find out what the hell are they talking about what is you know, a sheepdog. Like, yeah, what the heck is a Yeti of Himalayan folklore? So, like, all these big animals and creatures of folklore that basically have, they all have, like, a little bit of a common thread with one another. Some of the stories blend and bleed because people tell stories and then they move to another region and they retell the story and then somebody tells it different. And then, like, the entire world is full of all these folk- folklore mythologies and and now because of, you know, we live in you know digital age. Everybody's decided oh, I'm going to make a movie out of this and mm-hmm. totally make it different. I'm going to make my vampires be able to walk during the day and just glitter in the sunlight. You know, it's like what, right? So <laughs> we're rewriting a lot of the folklore and mythologies today too. So it's just funny because if you go back to the root origin of a lot of this stuff, it, it it's amazing how much gets around even though people live nowhere near each other Mm -hmm. back in the old, 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 old ancient times. Yeah. So anyway, that's my soapbox. I I mean, everyone knows that Desmond tiny created vampires. Like we don't need to play. Do they though? Do they? They should. (laughs) That that should be mandatory reading. (sighs) Uh, But so then we get on to the Luna section. And uh, Luna, like Europa, has its own little selection of stories that just kind of weave in and out of each other. Uh, the Luna section of this book follows Glint as he tries to uncover the origin of pumpkin-headed creatures that the hidden mm. agent spoke of, as well as uh, following another spin of the K-1 crew who went mad on Luna during the Golden Age. So that's something that we've been getting like more and more and more and more of ever since yeah. shadow keep so that's that's yeah. pretty cool this was a good one because we got that uh we got that lore in the collector's edition about the k1 team and the anomaly and all that mm-hmm. stuff 
And that was really eye-opening. And yeah. to, to know that a lot of those, uh, what, you know, astronauts. <laughs> As they, they were called cr- here, they were just miners. They weren't even yeah, min- fancy. Yeah, astro miners. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we get to learn that they, they basically uh, went nuts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's cool. And that's what we learned. We learned that they went nuts in, in Shadowkeep, in the Shadowkeep Collector's Edition. But it was just kind of like, oh, yeah, like they started having sleep paralysis and they started going mm-hmm. crazy and they started having like, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, psychoses and, and et cetera. But yeah. there's so much room for, for Bungie to play with. And they keep going back to it to like show another side of it where it's like, yeah, generally they just went crazy. But it's like this person experienced this slice and this person experienced this slice and this yeah. person experienced this slice and so on. But, There's a lot of meat on that bone. Yeah. And so the first century, Glint goes to the moon. And uh, because Eris has seen a lot, Eris has done a lot, been, a, been around a lot, seen a lot, and she has never seen a pumpkin headed creature with flames shooting out of its face. How's that even possible? <laughs> she sees everything. Yeah. She's even got an extra eye to see everything. Yep. And that doesn't discourage uh, Glint. He goes on. He goes on to find more. But before that, you get what I believe would be uh, uh, given to Glint from the hidden uh, uh, notes, uh, from the private notes of Dr. Wade Bow of the K1 Dig Site 4, Dates Unknown. That bothers me. Date Unknown? Are you kidding me? Like, the date would be there. They just don't want to give mm-hmm. us the date. It's like no, up this tiny corner. Because then somebody will make a timeline, and then and then yeah, it'll screw up something. Yeah, and I get it. They have to do that so that we don't create a timeline and then be like, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> "You're yeah, wrong." Because exactly. <laughs> we will do that. But either way, uh, and so the first century here kind of this like uh, echoes what the Shadow Keep Collectors Edition said, where you know they're having uh, sleep paralysis. They're kind of seeing, and if you don't know, when you have sleep paralysis, you're like wide awake. Your brain is active and your body's asleep, so you're wide awake, but you can't move. And it's very common to see a shadowy figure standing somewhere in the room for some terrifying <laughs> reason. Like that's a real world thing. It's not a destiny so, thing. So this actually, this actually happened to me in my youth. Really? This very, very thing. Yeah, I had sleep paralysis several times, and it was yeah. always, it was always the same scenario. Where did you ever, did you ever see? Because I've had sleep paralysis, but I've never seen the shadowy figure. I did one time see a shadowy figure. It was in the corner of my room, at the foot of my bed, off in the distance, and I couldn't do anything about it. All I was, because my my brain was active and awake, but I was my yeah. body was very much asleep. The worst. One that I ever had was I had a vivid dream about running through an old neighborhood and having some weird interactions and mm-hmm. like the dream's not even important, but the entire time I was in the dream, my body was above me in the sky and everything around me, like the hem- like the the sky and the hemisphere of earth that was over me was basically my body and I was trapped down inside. And then there was this moment where I kept coming in and out of the dream being aware of being in my body, not being able to move, not even a finger. Mm-hmm. And it's the, it's like the most, uh, it's a horrible feeling. It's like a yeah. panicky, like I cannot do anything moving. Like I was anxiety driven, like just destroyed inside my brain, just mm-hmm. trying to 
move something like my, I was screaming at myself, move something, you know, and, mm-hmm. and nothing was happening. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. yeah. that's what sucks. It's your brain is awake and you're trapped inside your body and you can't, you're like fully aware that you're trapped. You just can't do anything. And it's like, you try yeah. to like shake yourself awake, but you can't even do that. There's a, there's a really good Alfred Hitchcock episode. Maybe it's, I think it's Alfred Hitchcock. Anyway, there's a really good Alfred Hitchcock. I'm going to go with that um, episode. And I don't remember the name of it, but it's an old black and white episode where this man gets in a car crash and mm-hmm. he's paralyzed, but he's like very much alive and awake. And they have to take him, you know, they think he's dead and he's not. And he's screaming inside his his body. Like I'm, a, I'm alive still. I'm alive people. I'm alive. And the entire time, like they take him to the, hospital and they check his vitals and they're like he's dead he's gone he's screaming inside i'm alive and i'm alive and he's trying to move his body and at the very last second before they go to take him to you know the morgue or whatever i'm not exactly sure this is what happened i just may be remembering the episode wrong but he starts to move his pinky Mm -hmm. and it's like already too late i i've read a a horror short story like that where the guy was like bit by a snake or something and it. it's like perfect paralysis like can't move oh, the body slows down yeah. the heartbeat all that stuff so they think he's dead he's like lying on the autopsy table and the people the people who are supposed to be performing that- an autopsy are not efficient yeah. at their job at all which is a good thing because that's how he survived <laughs> they were just <laughs> bullshitting for like 30 minutes and then like he was that's finally able to like move his hand do you know that what you just said, that's actually a trope that goes way back to mythology too. And they've mm. re- retold that story thousands of times. Oh yeah. I bet that's not an original idea. No, no, no. <laughs> like, uh, like the, the story of, um, uh, Orpheus, that's a part of that one. And then the story of, of, uh, even, even the Disney or was it Disney or maybe it was somebody else. The one with the, <laughs> the day of the dead and the boy, was thought to be dead, but he was actually just bit by a snake and he was like walking the dead, the realm of the dead. And he came back and then anyway, no, I don't know that one. Okay. God, what was the name of that? That was a really good movie. It's a kid's movie, but it's not like it doesn't go into that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, sorry. Yeah. Derailed again. And so that brings us, to uh luna three where uh glint goes back to the reef and uh he he's he's talking to one of the the techians that we saved uh yulia yeah how convenient i mean it's good timing right like right they they have a lot of time on their hands while they're waiting for the celestial bodies to align to rid savathun of her worm so um he goes to her and she was meditating, and he watched her for 143 minutes uh, until sh- until she realized that he was there, and basically just asked him, uh, or he asked her, if she knew anything about pumpkin-headed monsters called the headless ones. And Yulia uh, said, "I think I might know something about the ones you seek, but to be certain, you must first tell me what's a pumpkin." <laughs> Which that's even more understandable because you know she's <sighs> a reefborn awoken. They don't have pumpkins. Yeah. They're not going to know what a pumpkin is. Bro, look around the tower. They're everywhere. She's a reefborn awoken. Yeah, no, but you know what? Reefborn awoken aren't that removed from information. They're removed from the tower customs. I guess. 
Maybe. So, okay, so <laughs> so they've never heard of a pumpkin before. I guess not. Well, I mean, yes and no, but we'll get to that. We'll get to okay. that because there's more conversations with Elia. Before we get to that conversation with Elia, though, Glint is trying to find out what is the significance of pumpkins. Why do the Headless Ones have pumpkin heads? And so who better to ask but a cryptarch who, of course, knows everything about but nothing history. Yeah, I know. The cryptarchs are hilarious. Yeah, Bungie's really having fun with cryptarchs lately as well. That's a, yeah. that's a new thing that they've been doing. Um, and so he, he speaks of that time of the year was thought to be a liminal phase, talking about like October and stuff. When yeah. living could communicate with the dead, the cryptarch finally located the tome that he'd been searching for. He put on a pair of white cotton gloves and unsealed the container. And so this is the, the cryptarch's like history book, right? So yeah. just keep that yeah. in mind. I want that. <laughs> Need that. Let me have it. Let me this access is... the cryptarch's history book, please. <laughs> you do that after the show. Okay. This is one of the few remaining source documents on the subject. It was published specifically for gentlemen, an esteemed social class at the time. He began gently leafing through the volume. Here it is, he said, pointing to a chapter entitled Pumpkin Body Paint is the Hot New Holiday Trend. It featured depictions of unclothed humans with orange ribbed gourds ribbed painted boards, on their yeah. most globular anatomy. So... It's an adult magazine. Uh, yeah, pretty much. He just he he's just destroying Glint's innocence. He is just, just in, in, but, in but, public. But, but just the, like you know, check best, this out. But the best part of this entry is you now have a window into this the the the, <laughs> the archive of knowledge the cryptarchs are accessing. Yeah. As you can see, pumpkins featured heavily in the iconography of the time. People would paint them all over their bodies, even in highly inconvenient locations. <laughs> what would that be? We're not. We're not. That's that's not this class. Just in the back of the neck. <laughs> and and then Glint, being as pure as he is, and this helped them communicate with the dead. <laughs> And the cryptarch says that part remains unclear. Yeah. So to back up, even though this is hilarious and kind of naughty at the same time, uh, I am glad that they finally are bringing the association with the Calavera and the Dia de, de Muertos and the, the idea of the festival of the lost being rooted in the same traditional, the traditions of uh, the the Mexican Latin holiday. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it it's much more than just that. It is. It is. It encompasses all of the. It, it it encompasses all of the, you know, um, practices of many cultures in this one event. But however, going all the way back to D one, they never explicitly tied it to anything. And so, mm -hmm. what they did this year is they brought about some direct tie-ins. Yeah. One of them was this, and I love it. Speaking specifically, the, the, the idea that in October in these months, it's easier to communicate with the dead. Yeah. And of course the, uh, the ghosts they put out, uh, yep. Calavera. Oh yeah, of course. Yep. Perfect. So, uh, that hilarious entry aside, 
<laughs> we <laughs> we continue into Luna Five, and we should probably uh, start moving a little faster. Actually, yeah, we'll get it. Uh, we continue into short. Luna Five, which is another Doctor Wade Bow, who was the K One Dig Site uh, Doctor. Uh, kind of still just saying what's been said before about the 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 K One's insanity crisis, where people aren't sleeping, people aren't hallucinating. The uh, this time though, uh, they talk about realizing why the shadow is familiar, and so the shadow is a version of Dr. Wade Bow. And yeah. uh for whatever reason, it doesn't have a head. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and I mean we will get a final answer to that. There is one more uh Wade Bow answer uh entry that we'll get to and that one is probably like one of the more subtle horror bits, but uh, we'll get to that. Okay. And uh, so now we go back to the reef, Glint and Yulia. That way, when uh, this is uh, Glint speaking, that way when they lit the candle, it would light up the face carved into the pumpkin. There was a long pause as Yulia studied the hologram Lint had projected for her. And this was common during the Golden Age, the Techian asked. <clears throat> it was, Glint nodded. Humans used to put the pumpkin head all over the place. They would even paint them on their... But why? Why <laughs> <Elijah> interrupted? <laughs> Come on! So close to making the reef oh. like we hate Earth. Yeah, <laughs> all these idiots. Uh, but uh, so then he said, "Oh, they thought it would help them speak with the dead," as you were saying uh, before with the more uh, yeah. Day of the Dead uh, rituals, and. So she's so Yulia is trying to understand the the significance of pumpkins to understand the how it helps the headless ones be the headless ones. Yeah. Entry seven is uh, Glint talking to Ikora about the headless ones, and this is a uh, good one. Yeah, this is a cute one because Ikora is basically reminiscing about Cade. Uh, Cade used to tell stories about the Headless Ones Ikora recounted with a wry smile. He said he'd killed dozens of them on the moon. The way he told it, they exploded like pinatas. She raised her eyebrows. Of course, it only ever happened when he was alone. The rest of us uh -huh. never found anything but Hive. Which... So that's a quick little um, Easter egg to exploding um, heads in Halo. When you would shoot the enemy, there was a cool little hack you could do to the game or a thing you could unlock. When you would get headshots, it was called pinata, and then your head, their heads would explode, and a bunch of confetti would come out. That's and then we got it in Destiny with yeah, the wall hack at mm -hmm. um, in the last the raid. wish raid. Yes, there you go. Where you can you can put in an entry, and then any headshot the confetti goes and you hear streamer noises and it crashes your game. And it's super fun. <laughs> it's too many particles. It's funny that they make Cade part of that though. Cause then it's like, was he hallucinating for real or is he, you know, something else? Anyway. No, I mean, I think he actually fought headless ones and it's like one of those stories where Cade is like, okay, Cade, sure you did. And he's like, no, but actually this time I did. <laughs> and they yeah. do. When you kill a headless one, they do explode like pinatas. They they drop they a whole bunch of candy. Candy, you know, like, yeah. So yeah. 
Kate's probably like, then where did I get this candy? And they're like, the store, Kate. We're not stupid. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah. um, She ended it by saying, just promise me one thing. If you do find something, tell me. Tell everyone. Cade would have liked that. Yeah, it's nice. It's a nice memory. Memorance. And And, then... Go on. No, go ahead. Oh, I was going to continue on. Yeah, I was just saying, it's a good way to remember Cade, you know, during the holiday of remembering Dead. So... Mm -hmm. And that brings us to Luna 8, which is the final entry of the K-1 dig site. And uh, so this is a short one. I'll just read it. The hallucinations have become persistent. My headless friend now appears during daytime. I see him out of the corner of my eye, but when I turn my head, he disappears. I've also started losing time. I blink and suddenly I'm in a strange location several hours later. I'm not sure if it's short-term memory loss or a a fugue state. Yesterday I woke up and... Oh, let me finish it. Yesterday, I woke up into the equipment locker, standing in front of the plasma cutters. Several were already missing. The shadow was standing right next to me. I think I know what it wants. So, first off, this whole entry is without punctuation entirely. Like, it's <clears throat> there's no apostrophes, there's no commas, there's no periods. So, if it seemed like I was just like rambling, it's because that's how they wrote it. And uh, it's just like how I write sometimes, not on purpose. (laughs) It's it's to show like the state that they are in, like they're like very frantic. And so basically what this one is, like I said, it was kind of more of a subtle one. Uh, They've they've entered this fugue state and they just wake up standing in front of the plasma cutters. But someone else has already multiple other people have already gone and taken them. And it's because the the shadow figure without its head wants her to cut off her head with some plasma cutters. Yeah, I have a plasma cutter. They're not that great for cutting off heads, really? even if they aren't metal. Yeah, because you have to be like, there's only so far deep that you can cut with a plasma cutter, unless Destiny has fancy plasma cutters. Which I'd imagine it would. Through, yeah, can cut through like feet <laughs> metal. <laughs> they're 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 probably pretty good. They're probably like uh, slasher movie hedge clippers. Oh, yeah. That you would know, be some really good plasma cutters. Yeah. I wish I could just cut that. through anything with a single. Yeah, that would be nice. Or... How do they work? When you close them, right? So, yeah. Have... Okay. Yeah, I mean, the look at the little handheld welders all the guys without safety goggles are using. I don't. I... What the, do you mean? In the, in the tower? tower? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. OSHA. Somebody call OSHA. They have a day without accidents board and it's always at zero. <laughs> Which is actually a real thing. And in, in, in the hangar, if if you haven't known, you can go look at this. It's um basically when you walk into the hangar, you turn around and I believe it's on the left wall. It says uh days without accidents, and it's a live counter of the days, in-game days, that have gone by without a guardian jumping off of the tower. Yeah. So, which is you, rare to see it above one or two. <laughs> I would imagine it would be. Yeah. So but like when you, you jump off the tower, to... you can make it go back to zero. If you notice it's at one, you can go yeah. jump off the tower and it'll go to zero. Yep. Which is pretty cool. And, uh, that brings us to the final Luna entry, which is uh Luna nine. And in here, this is probably one of the biggest entries in this whole book. Uh, Yelaya is is saying that she she kind of knows 
Uh, it was a time when many attempted to subvert the laws of life and death, like Clovis Bray, as well as the faction of the Hive. Eliah raised an eyebrow in Glint's direction. Uh, Bray used the tools of the Vex, the Hive blasphemers practiced the magical art of necromancy. Her tone darkened. Both succeeded after a fashion. The early Hive experiments were done in secret under the guidance of a powerful wizard whose name will not mention here. Nocris, Glint, Glint offered. <laughs> yes, well, my Yelaya grimaced. The unmentionable wizard created many abominations using deceased and living subjects, including your unfortunate moon miners. She steepled her fingers. It's possible that the access to these powerful pumpkins were a boon to his research. Her eerie gaze pierced Glint's mechanical eye. This may explain why the headless ones persist to this day and why flaming vis visages bear, bear a similarity to your golden age relics. Wow, that explains a lot, Glint marveled, but he continued reluctantly. Pumpkins aren't powerful rec relics. They're just fruit. They are indeed, <laughs> Yelaya concluded direly, the fruit of the damned. Fruit of the damned. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be a good name. metal name, like a band name or an album cover. See, like that—that's something that, like, that's that's like a John entry, <laughs> like the fruit of the <laughs> yeah. damned. Fruit of the damned. I don't know. Uh, so we kind of got a hint. I feel like this is like our first hint to it is uh, what the headless ones really are, and it makes the most sense. But so, if you go into the nest, the if you go into the Nessus Lost Sector, which we're about to read the entries for, if you go into the Nessus Lost Sector, it talks about a group of hidden who hid out in that Lost Sector before it was a Lost Sector. Fallen came in, killed them all, and cut off their heads. If you go into the Europa Lost Sector, Exos had their heads cut off. If you go into the Moon Lost Sector, the K1 crew had their heads cut off. And in each one of those locations, Glint says... You you can get dialogue where Glint's basically saying, and then they were transformed into Hive, and became the headless ones. Right. Which, that's not what. Which happened. makes Come sense on, if if not Chris was playing around and made. Well, I mean, it doesn't make sense that the bodies became Hive. Well, I mean, what what else would they become if like they would just be themselves? Would they not? I don't know. The, I, I just. Guess. Think I'm just saying, I think it's entirely Nocris resurrecting Hive Knights, and either way. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it can make, yeah, either way, it could be one or the other. But yeah, it would probably make more sense, like you said, secondly, that, that he was just making Hive head, you know, Hive, resurrecting Hive. But the whole headless pumpkin thing is insane, anyway. And so that brings us to Nessus, which actually has, I think, the final clue to the answer. Yeah. The first one, uh, Glint makes their way to Nessus to meet Failsafe, who claims she actually has headless ones as neighbors this whole time. All he had to do is <laughs> go see her. Uh, and she says they're the absolute worst. And then, uh, so that's one of your entries, one of your plot lines. The second one, as I said, is the hidden agents who were on Nessus around the Exodus Black, and they hold up in what is now the Lost Sector next to the Exodus Black. And they were just kind of hoping to hide out in there and not get attacked by the Fallen. And uh, that brings us to Entry 3, where uh, this is the third storyline, where Glint is talking to Mithrax, trying to see what Fallen cultures have, like Headless, Pumpkin, etc.'s. 
and Mithrax uh, tells them, tells Glint that there was a uh, fallen or an Elixney uh, Cliffix who claims to have seen them on Nephic, ne- Nessus, but Cliffix is an idiot. <laughs> Yeah. Specifically, yeah. Uh, specifically, Mithrax yeah. says, "What is the human word for one with good spirit, but sp- who speaks loudly and without reason?" And uh, Glint said, "An idiot." Yeah. So, <laughs> people have to stop teaching fallen rude behavior yeah. because they yeah. don't understand. Mm-hmm. Like we went through this. When yeah. was that? Last season. Yeah. <laughs> Egg. Egg, egg yeah. almost got murdered for this shit. Stop doing it. Probably did get murdered. Yeah. Uh, entry four. Uh, Failsafe claims the headless ones have been there for centuries, but they never came to say hello. N- Failsafe is very lonely. I feel bad. Right. Well, he's been around for a long she- time by himself, so he's had, <laughs> he's had a very long life she- of being alone. Is Glint wait? Glint's 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 male pronoun. Failsafe is female pronoun. Yeah, I keep saying failsafe Um, because failsafe is a split personality. It's actually just an AI that's gone rampant and has two versions of itself. Which one is also yes, yes. (laughs) Uh, Entry five: Those hidden agents. uh, They are getting killed. That's that's basically that entry. It's just Mayday extraction needed. Uh, yeah, three of us have already died. Great. Yeah, they're not they're not doing good. Well, good to know that they're so disposable. <laughs> Seriously, Ikora, what the fuck? I know. <laughs> I think, dude. Uh, entry six, Nessus six. Uh, Ido is translating Cliffix for Cliffix's story for Glint. Uh, but Cliffix wants something in return. He wants a sparrow. So Glint got him some rusted out shit sparrow that no one no one needed anymore. <laughs> of course. And uh Cliffix which is which is rude, Glint. What the fuck? But <sighs> Cliffix was happy all the same. Uh in Cliffix's story though, they actually encountered the headless one in that same law sector, and uh they didn't mind Cliffix's existence, but he doesn't think Guardians would get the same treatment. Yeah, weird. Yeah, that is weird. Because if it was a hive, why would they give a shit? Like, why would they be like, fallen are good with me, but not not humans? Yeah. Because it almost sounds like it should be, you know, like the Exo, if they became the headless ones, that they would have that sentience to not want to fight us. And the same thing with the humans, and the same thing with the K1 crew. But so that right there already just kind of defeats it. Yeah. And so um, then we get to entry number seven, which I think is a, a great answer of what the headless ones are. And so, uh, net. Yeah, I almost say I almost say Netflix for some reason instead of failsafe. Yeah, but Failsafe and Glint are playing checkers on a holographic checkers board, and uh, Glint was winning, and then Failsafe accidentally knocked the board over. <laughs> <laughs> the, the holographic checkerboard. Yeah. 
Wow. And uh, Glint took that as his cue to leave. And uh, Failsafe said, great, next time you come by, I'll reveal their true origins. Uh, But you said you didn't know where they came from, Glint objected. You asked why they never came, why they never visit me, not the nature of their existence. Those are two different questions, Failsafe (laughs) said. But come again, the AI continued, and I'll tell you everything you want to know about the hive necromancer who ripped the concept of headless ones from the human subconscious. So, right there. That's what it is. Nocris fucked around. He he saw all these human stories of pumpkin-headed things, and he's like, I'm going to do it. Yep. For whatever fucking reason. (laughs) Just a maybe mess with your mind and feed his own worm thing. I wonder if that's a thing with him. If that if that's like part of his worm bargain, if they make individual worm bargains, because I mean, that's something that really bothers me about the worm bargain because people like to nitpick. They, yeah, cherry pick, they, they like to cherry pick it where it's like, Savathun, you're trickery. You feed your worm by tricking people, blah, 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 tricking, 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 tricking. So technically, with that in mind, Savathun never has to kill someone. She can she can live a peaceful life never killing anyone. Oryx, your navigation, you just have to keep exploring, keep going to all these new places, never has to kill anyone. Yeah. But they have but this system. Well, but the, 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 whole, the whole thing that bothers me the most about those worms that... Um, they're tied to is very much like how the Ahamkara make bargains with mm-hmm. uh, anybody. And they basically set you up to fail. Like, okay, you want to live forever? This is how you're going to do it <laughs> in this constant battle and struggle. Or like you want to fight dragons forever? You know, oh, yeah. this is how you're going to do it. You know, it's like all these things that we've learned about. Like, oh, you want to get out of being trapped in the middle of the hell mouth? Oh, here's how you're going to do it. You're going to lose your eyes and become part hive. You know, it's like, yeah. what? Thanks, Ahamkara. Yeah. And and so the worm bargain is very much, it's very similar. Yeah, but it's just like, some people like to really harp on the fact that they, they say Savathun needs to trick, Oryx needs to explore, Ziva needs to yeah. war. But at the same time, Oryx can just sit in one place and he has tithe feeding his worm. And that tithe comes from killing things. And it's like, That's so, true. so what's this whole nature bullshit that you are fucking spouting? You know, like, yeah, I guess it, you have a point because also, uh, Nocris and, and, uh, Crota were Oryx's sons. Mm-hmm. And, and Crota. Uh, so Crota was the eater of hope. That was yeah. his nature. That was that was his whole deal, and that's Knocker why... said, "Screw you, Dad! I'm gonna do my own thing." Yeah, how does Knockers like? What is his nature? Like rebellion? He just has to constantly rebel well, and get new yeah. leaders and rebel against them. Like it, it doesn't right. It doesn't track. That's a little odd, isn't it? But 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 then Sabathun's offspring feeding her. Yeah, right? yeah. So oh, so, so the weird. hive at the top. The the pitch was you will feed your worm by enacting your nature, right? By by exploring, yeah. by creating war, by tricking people. But then it very quickly just became just by killing. That's fine. <laughs> kill a bunch of things. But yeah. people still to this day, despite that like revelation, still to this day, like to cherry pick 
and be like, oh, Savathun, she has a trick to well, feed and the then, worm. And it's like, and yeah, then she I can. Guess more to your point, I mean, this book is full of lies, right? Yeah. So I wonder if that was ever the case. Maybe. Like, maybe the worms are very upfront with him. It's like, listen, this is probably going to backfire on you. You'd be pretty stupid to take this deal. And then Oryx is like, I want it. And then after the fact, he's like, oh, my God, I was so stupid. Yeah. I, I can never tell someone the truth. I can never yeah, tell they, them that they spelled it out for me and I still made the wrong choice. It's <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. Pee Wee Herman falls off his bike. I meant to do that. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that brings us to entry eight, which is the extracting, extract, ex- extraction crew. My God. Words are not working today. The extraction crew making it to Nessus. They've arrived way too late. Uh, they find the bodies, yeah. but not the heads. And that's that's what basically tipped this over into Glint's uh, transferred records. And it all comes to an end with entry number entry Nessus nine, where Glint comes back to Eva. And uh, Glint returns to Eva. The Tales of the Forgotten Book is being filled with the tales of the Exo, Hidden, and K-1 crew who lost their minds, their lives, and their heads to the Headless Ones. So, basically, he's just running around gathering all these stories, all these all these folklore things, and he's just putting them in the, in the book for people to find. Yeah. Really, really but, getting into the holiday spirit. Yeah. So, that's great. And, and it's, and it's, and it's fun. And like, um, but while they had fun giving this content to us and people are, you know, digesting this whole, how does a headless one, how do we, how do we reconcile the fact that there are headless people in mm-hmm. this activity and make it a real life lore thing at the same time and not just a mechanical construct of a video game you're playing. What's great is that they give you not only a reason for that, but they tie it to backstory that was uh, so rich with lore and little bitty holes that we we still haven't had defined, and they give us a little bit of a little nugget, a little bit more flavor on top of that steak, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, and and so so to tie this all up in a nice pretty bow, what do you think the significance is of all three? Uh, sites, planets, whatever. I don't think there's much significance personally. I think they were just three convenient locations to tell a, to tell a story. And, you know, you don't think there's even like maybe a little bit more to it or anything. Cause I, I mean, I'm like a legitimately have no clue. Like I just, I'm curious. So I think Europa and K one are two really, good examples of like easy, easy locations to like find this story in. Right. Okay. To have the XOB mutilated, to have the K one crew come up again. Because the K one crew is full on horror story right off the bat. Yeah, it is. It's great. I would love that as a movie. (laughs) Yeah. And so, you know, you already have that would, that would be actually like maybe, maybe not a movie, maybe like a, uh, a limited series where it follows yeah. a person to their, their personal like horror. And you have like uh Wade, Wade Rowe and it like ends with that scene where they like see the plasma cutters and they're like, gonna, they're yeah, that'd off. be cool. Yeah. Um, either way. 
So I think those are like very easy things when they're when because you have to like think about it. Not everything's going to have a super deep meaning. Some things are right. just convenient, right? So exactly. they sit down and they say, we want to tell this story about like Sleepy Hollow, Headless Ones, and like keep it like horror, keep it scary. Where can we put these things? We want to have a few locations. We want to have three locations. So K1, super easy to pick. That's like, of yeah. course, why would you not go there? And then EXO, another good one because there's there's convenience in the body horror. And then it's like the other option is like, okay, so do we want to, we have our human, we have our EXO, we can do one in the Dreaming City. Yeah. You know, you could do that. So you have your Awoken check checkbox or, or like what else is there to say? Who else do we want? to have in this conversation who hasn't been featured a lot recently. Cause that's what they said uh, recently. Where, where, where were they talking? There was like an interview somewhere where they were talking about, um, for example, season of the lost season of the lost was going to like had to have Savathun had to have Mara. And if it has Savathun and it has Mara, it has to have, uh, uh, Crow. Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah. yeah. I has, saw this article. Yeah, yeah, and and it has Osiris, so it has to have Saint fourteen. And then it's like it'd be really cool if we could have Eris, but we but, can't have Eris yeah. because there's already because so many people. Too much. Yeah. Too much. So yeah, you got to focus. Cool. You got to focus the narrative story on you know certain characters. Otherwise, yeah. it just turns to mud. It's like putting too many crayons together and trying to come up with a new color. They just end up making brown. Yeah, and so. At one point, you got to be like, okay, that's one too many colors. Yeah. (laughs) And so this was like a convenient way of being like, okay, but what are the other characters that we wanted to have in this? And it's like, well, we want to have fun with with Cryptarchs that we can't have in the in the main game. We really wanted to have Eris have something go on. So we we put one on the moon. We have Eris be featured and we have not talked to Failsafe in three years. Maybe we should look at her again since she's the only person to survive the the, the beyond light darkness invasion you know everyone else is gone except for her maybe we should focus on her a little bit more or and uh devram devram also survived yeah wow well and i and i hope i hope going forward i mean i love the fact that they put knockers in there and i love the fact that they're kind of playing with us and what we already a lot of us already kind of think is what happened with savathun being because we know that she has her own guardians. We know that she has her own ghosts that's coming up. Right. And so this is a nice little seed to plant, to play with us to say, Oh, Savathun could have learned necromancy because it's in the lore where she explicitly says, Oh, I underestimated what you were doing and maybe there's more to it. And she's like, you know, like, so that gives you the implication that, Oh, she's like, Oh, well I'm going to use this. Yeah. And (laughs) this all, this, this all does kind of put that thought in the back of your head. Right. Yeah. When yeah. Witch Queen comes and we're looking for how did Savathun get the light? How did she get these ghosts, etc.? And then it's like, oh, she had necromancy. And it's like, oh, yeah, they kind of said they, they like reminded us of that necromancy story beat yeah. with Festival of the Lost. There you go. Perfect. Yeah. So. Um, that was that was the, the scary lurries to tell in the dark. Even though they weren't that scary, <laughs> some of them were. <laughs> it was a little more scattered. I would love uh, 
Because I know, and I, th- I feel like we keep talking about this, but I know, like, Bungie, it seems like they really want to branch out into, like, other medias and stuff. And, uh, yeah. you know, like, Seth Seth is, a, like, an actual author. He wrote um, the Trader Baru Cormorant yep. uh, series. Yep. Yep. And I'd love to see them, like, hand off writers. Like, here, write, write like, a, 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 sh- a short story collection or write, like, you know, whatever whatever the case may be. And they can, like, release, like, a horror story. Just, like, really dive Great. into some, some spooky thing. And just, like, sell it in October. And it's, like, you know, that'd be that'd be awesome for it to, to, yeah. to see happen. But uh, next episode will be on November 7th. Perfect. And uh, we'll be talking about something. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know what that is yet, but there yeah. might be something else that gets planted. I think November is going to be the dry month of yeah, the November season. November will be the dry month, so we'll have to come up with something. Because then we'll have November 7th and November 21st, and then December 5th. Because... Yeah. When does the 30th anniversary kick off? Is that the 14th? December, I think. Yeah, the 14th. I th- I think it's the 14th or the 21st. It's like the end of December, mid to end December. So, we'll have that that kind of like period there to try to um yeah. Hopefully there's new lore with that. Hopefully there's new something with that. It's going to be really exciting because there's a six-player activity and a dungeon that have to do with the nine again. And the last time we had a dungeon that had to do with the nine was prophecy. So yep. this will be cool to see. Uh, whatever Can't it wait. is. Yeah, this extended break is going to be. <laughs> we have to we have to double check what books we haven't covered. Maybe we can go back to some of the ones from this year. But uh, yeah, uh, follow us on at Loose Cannon Show on Twitter. Uh, we don't tweet a lot you know we only tweet like updates so set us the notifications and you'll get a little notification of any updates to the show when we're going live it's basically just the the like the friday before and then the day of boom boom we're going show we're going live you get us four times a month you know set us the notifications so you can always tune in live and uh if you came in late you want to see the rest of it this will be uploaded to youtube to anchor which will posted out podcast form everywhere uh later today later tomorrow um depending on when that's fully updated and stuff sometimes it takes longer uh anything to say no happy halloween yeah happy (laughs) halloween everybody make sure uh i don't want to grab it i got i got my costume behind me (laughs) Uh, I, I had something to say I forgot what it was though either way bye everybody bye